0: Hi, this is Claire, and this is another podcast kind of beyond the end of the Secret Pregnancy and Sacred Pregnancy podcast. And I, I wanted to speak a little about, I suppose, to try and get a label on it or an umbrella over what I want to speak to. I suppose it could be talked to... As sacred motherhood and secret motherhood to sacred and secret uh, seem to really intertwine in this series. And also as I, as I finish up my experience of having been gestating and having been a mother and not being a mother, not coming into the physical world. And as soon as I've said that, I'm already finding that I've gone ahead of myself with the language and I'm not actually saying what I want to say which is um very indicative of how the language doesn't and can't speak to what the the true experience is and which is why I have to go through these very long weavings of like weaving the language back into the experience and as my intention and vision goal has been throughout this series and throughout my work and my life, um, I've always been trying to really speak as authentically as I can to the actual truth of what's going on, keeping it in the real world, keeping it in what my actual experience is and describing the experience as fluidly, as fluently as I possibly can. And, um, yeah, I've been sort of aching to speak more, um, and realizing how inadequate the conversations that I'm having with, with most people that I'm talking to about this are. Not only, you know, to be re- fully honest about this, not only are, do I feel that I have literally, apart from one person who's been there the whole time, and that's not my partner, but somebody who I know, who I'm very close to long, long, long distance, literally the other side of the world. Um, who's there for me on a daily basis with non-judgmental, fully embracing, uh, witnessing of my experience of whatever I'm relating to him about. Um, Apart from that one person, there has literally been nobody else that I've been able to talk to to be anchored in, to be witnessed by and to be able to talk fully about my experience as I've been having it and also as it's been changing into another experience, as in not going further towards birth, as in carving away from birth and becoming an embodied experience. I you know I immediately get caught in the language of of having to explain myself because that's what the majority of people want. They want an explanation. They want measurements and times and dates. And I've spoken about this throughout the podcast. Um, they, they want to define things mostly in terms of um, pathologising the experience because women are almost fully pathologised, as in their bodies are considered almost fully dysfunctional that any symptom that is expressed through the body is seen as a dysfunction that is an emergency situation that needs to be intervened with in the context of pregnancy and birthing. But even in the everyday, almost all female symptoms of the body, especially to do with the pelvic region, the womb, the cervix, the ovaries, cycles bleeding and so on, the yoni. Almost every symptom is presumed to be a sign of something wrong rather than something being right. And when one steps in through the gateway of everything being right and the body just speaking the truth and knowing the truth, um, it just has a completely different outcome, has a completely different holistic integral Um, timeline and and an unfolding timeline that um, like with my pregnancy even calling it a pregnancy I wasn't really wanting to call it that from the beginning I was referring more to gestation and to something developing that and I, I didn't really like to refer to the object of the baby I definitely felt like the child was not a separate thing And, you know, I've spoken to that, but I think that's even more pertinent now beyond the gestation and not being here with a physical child on my lap. It's a a profoundly, it's a big shift, but also I'm not going back to what I was before and I'm not going back into how I thought and felt. And viewed the world before. And I'm coming with the additional, like the additional enrichment and treasure in my beingness of being mother. And again, I just want to come back to that because. I want to speak to, you know, I want to express it. I want to express motherhood. I want to. Be known in myself is that i want to know myself as mother and that's not what the conventional world would label that as is like denial of the fact that she's lost her child or um manipulation of the situation to try and make it something that i want it to be to try and make up for again i'm making up for a loss um as, I, as I've as i spoken at length to, especially in the last podcast I did about the completion of the gestation, there is no loss. And I can't be any more clear about that and any more truthful about that than just that simple fact that there is no loss. There are only gifts. And that, feeling for me as I go on to integrate what the child and myself, the the gestating duality of us both as one, that it hasn't separated, it hasn't released, it hasn't matured and fruited and dropped from the tree. It has continued to develop within me and it has been, the medicine, the treasure, the enrichment that I needed that I didn't have before. And that is simply, there is nothing lost to that. The things that have fallen away, as I, in my own spiritual development in recent years, the things that have fallen away, there's been an acceleration of things falling away. And at first, it was very alarming. Um, You know, losing benefits and privileges, losing income, losing supporters in inverted commas, um, losing community and connectedness. But as that falling away of things accumulated or accelerated rather, and the space opened up instead of there being... lots of stuff in my life. There was like layers and layers of space opening up, emptiness and void of things. But as opposed to other times in my life when I felt scarcity, especially in recent years, this time it felt like, oh gosh, wow. No, that really, that was time for that to fall away. I don't need that and I don't want it. And I don't know why I want, why was I clinging to it before? Why did I need it? Um, similarly with this experience of being pregnant, the falling away of the pregnancy has been simply divine, blessed and right. And it, and it, again, the, the term falling away isn't even appropriate. It hasn't, nothing has fallen away. I am simply integrating everything that is being turned into something else and again it's been very frustrating talking to family and friends about that who presume that I'm devastated, presume that I'm grieving presume that I'm Without something that I really desperately wanted. All, all these are their stories and their presumption that they, they feel entitled to. To project onto me and to to weigh me down with, but they, but they aren't my things. And at, at times I felt quite angry about that. You know about. Is there nothing that's sacred? <laughs> does nobody see the sacredness of the women's experience can nobody just hear what it is and listen to the words and connect and be willing to witness you know very few people have phoned me to talk voice to voice in the present moment very few people have been even dipping in and out of my presence and i've act- because of the nature of the divinity of my experience, as, as I've described through these podcasts, I found it at best really intrusive the way people have asked about my pregnancy and just really out of sync, out of sync with me and out of sync of the way things are of reality in the presumption that the pregnancy was going all the way through, and that I would be readying to birth now and preparing things in my house and so on, just the the indelicacy, the insensitivity of it, of the presumption of the timeline and the lack of presence around actually asking, how are things unfolding with you? Um, you know, what's happening with you? How are you? Which, of course, during a time of pregnancy is. At least, in my experience, there have been very mystical, magical unfoldings on a daily basis um that have certainly slowed down a great deal now. But the time that I was holding life in my womb in that very particular timeline um yeah, it's such a strange thing to feel like the language that I am feeling in me is not the same language that most people are are um using or have used in terms of their own pregnancies or are trying to press onto me or project onto me um, i felt I felt the weight of this I felt the weight of this not as my own, the weight of my own grief or my own pain or my own loss, all of these words being in inverted commas, but as the, the weight of things that I carry for other people and the presumption that we both agree for me to carry them, for us as women to carry them, um, I feel that it has been an incredible journey into power to To be fully vulnerable in a situation and fully willing to let it come through me to express and manifest through me and at the same time oh, i'm just, I'm just trying to think how to even line up these thoughts um Yeah, it's been a beautiful maturing into my own power and recognising that my very vulnerability, the very fact of being a container that has so much coming through it, so much experience, a child coming and manifesting and then seemingly leaving again, coming and going even throughout the gestation, Um, the dreams and downloads and... Feeling and the the sensation of the child moving in my womb, and in my pelvis, and how the different organs and surfaces were touching each other, and, <coughs> and the power of just being fully present in that, <coughs> the power of of owning it and being fully present and sovereign in it. Not having it measured, potted, pro, potted, pro, <laughs> poked, or prodded at, or projected onto it, it means that when I hear other people projecting limitation onto any aspect of me, especially in relation to the pregnancy that I have experienced, the glaring uh, differences in the realities and And the limitation of the one of it acting almost like a to me it genuinely feels like a torture device, like there's a a cap, a cup, a something putting on to contain me. First of all, not not witnessing my voice, not hearing me, not letting me speak even, but immediately going in with the this is your experience, this is what it's about, it's terrible, it's a loss, you're you're you must be devastated. Um, as long as you're okay, but not really trusting that I'm okay, um, not wanting to know, not reaching out, not phoning up, not connecting to to be face-to-face or ear-to-handpiece or whatever, to say, you know, how how are you really, you know, to give me space to be witnessed. Nobody, nobody reached out because they're afraid of it. And because they don't really want to know about the actual experience, they just want something they've seen in a film or a soap opera or read in a book or a magazine or the conventional mainstream speak that they're using and that they've decided that they know reality to be. They want that to be projected onto me because to have a completely different experience and to recognise that there are myriad experiences, and everyone has a completely unique experience during gestation and beyond. And to hear the power of it would just blow a lot of what they're living out the water, just blow it completely wide open, blow a great vortex open that contains the cosmos. And that's just what my experience feels I'm projecting onto them their limitation, but that's the best I can do to comprehend it myself when I've been in this space where and continue to be in this space of integration of this cosmic truth that has come through and the wider and more biodiverse knowing of what reality is and what my place in it is. Again I, I keep coming back to this theme of like the the more mystical our lives are, the more we delve into the the real experience of life, without all the distractions, without the, the calibrations that have been given to us in order to control us, without the language of film and TV and social media, without but going to source and speaking from our source. About what's really unfolding within us. It just gets more and more mystical and then coming from that down to this level of vibration where everything is presumed to be profoundly contractual and problematic and dramatic. It's, yeah, it's pretty unpleasant at the best of times. And especially when one is in a vulnerable position, not Negatively, it's not negative that I'm in a vulnerable position, but I'm definitely wide open and digesting and gestating the release of what could have been, what might have been, but obviously was never going to be. But nevertheless, what I was wishing and hoping for. That the process of of not exactly deconstructing dreams. I was very careful around, you know, full of care and full of attention around not getting into a presumed timeline, not planning and even, you know, letting my mind wander much into what it will be to actually hold this child and, and live with this child and have someone else in my life. But I did obviously let myself think about it a little and it's it's very interesting that again I, I think this is such a subtle thing about how folk expect a woman to identify like what her identity is and how culture dictates the identity, like dictates the role dictates the limitations, dictates her fears even and her grief. Um, instead of making space, which would be the the balanced feminine way of supporting a woman, making space, asking her if she needs space or if there can be something that can be provided for her to give her space to speak. Um and that would be everything that would be enough but um instead yeah most folk are kind of like okay so as long as you're not suicidal carry on you know just hope everything's okay then you know and just leaving you to it or or just not responding at all or this you know this dumping of dumping of labels and dumping of identity that is false identity onto me as a woman onto my womb, as it were, that if I wasn't more savvy, I would just be, you know, letting myself be laden up um, like a donkey with all this baggage. So, yeah, the theme of sacred and secret motherhood and feeling like I have integrated the child into me that I am more than I was before, that I am mothering mothering myself more perhaps even have fully healed or healed to a really great extent my very toxic relationship with my own mother um, who abandoned us on multiple levels, including leaving the continent that we were on. Um when we were all at key developmental stages in our early and mid and late teens. Um, And yeah, the early experiences that we had with our mother involved a lot of violence and alcoholism, child abuse, and lots of different people coming through the house not all of which were positive influences. Um, A lot of chaos and fighting between our mum and dad. And then a lot of complexity, alcoholism and codependent relationships and further violence and abuse with multiple step parents. Um there was a lot to a lot to reintegrate and i think in particular uh, an absent through alcohol and absent physically and then a very very dramatically absent you know mother moving to another continent when we were very already very very vulnerable and damaged but also at very particular ages where we were all very specifically devastated in our own ways by our mother moving to another country and, you know, impossibly far away. I think that the absence of mother can be a a very particular destabilising force and... In my own experience, there have been an accumulation of various traumas in my life in my earlier years that I've had to work particularly hard to, um, find the holistic in, in these areas of separation. But the, the absence of mother, of, of healthy mothering has probably been the biggest most glaring, most damaging um, or most scarring fact of my life that I've had to reintegrate over decades and decades and decades okay, five decades I have to reintegrate the The most holistic aspects that are for many folk, not for everyone, it's a, you know, definite issue of our times that a lot of us grow up with very distorted mothering roles. Not just from our own mothers, but from society and medicine, nursing and so on, and schooling and so on. But the feminine roles in our Culture are, for the most part, are are quite problematic. Really, quite unbalanced. But I I do know that I grew up with, you know, the harsh side of that. The the more distorted than average. Um, quite a quite a good deal more distorted than average story of. Mothering, so part of the gift of what i 've experienced in this sacred pregnancy has has almost been revisiting every sensation around that, every feeling around that, <laughs> including beyond the gestation and the releasing of the gestation, there was a an ongoing stream of just memories and the sensations and feeling emotional feeling relating to those memories just flowing and flowing, just like streams and streams of how all these different memories connected. And um, I'd had a, at least one, but I think a couple of very distinct periods in my young life um, as my mum and dad were splitting up and, before it where there were some years missing, like actual years, that just didn't sort of add up, um, just sort of glaring gaps in my memory where, you know, between the age of like six and nine didn't really exist. Like I I didn't have any recollection of anything that happened in those times. So there's there've been some quite distinct um things blanked out and this was a a really interesting feeling in recent months of sort of pulling those threads and joining them again like weaving them together or more like more like taking a jumble of fluffy wool just like one would do if one was picking the wool off the fences or the loose wool carded from the sheep and taking it to work it to spin like taking all these threads that are just jumbled up, or or in a ball of muck and mud, and cleaning them and pulling them out straight and teasing them into a wool, making a wool out of them, or a thread, a fine thread, even. And um, those were, those are very specific metaphors for what I was feeling. As I was reclaiming the memories, um, I wasn't jumping on them in a way i have done in the past like looking for clues looking like what happened how did this make me feel or what was going on it was just was just a very straightforward um natural unraveling like a timely thing that these threads were you know i could almost feel myself mentally as if my my mind was fingers just letting the threads run through my my fingers and they were naturally forming into threads forming into wool and i was just allowing that just you know by not interfering with it by not jumping on it or fiddling with it and that in turn seemed to i don't know those threads seemed to build and they seem to weave into a fabric by themselves without my Consciously having to build them into a structure, you know, they just naturally wanted to create, you know, maybe maybe they were creating a thick fur or felted coat for me or a blanket. But whatever they were doing, it, it doesn't really matter what the metaphor is. Uh, after this process and because I was following the fr- process from completely from my own paradigm My own language, my own expression of it, because I was painting and gardening, talking at length with my my dear friend who's been supporting me, and talking very occasionally with a couple of other friends about particular aspects of my experience, because I was documenting my body by photographing it, and just... Loving being in every stage that I was in, even when I was recognizing that the pregnancy was ending, as it were, completing. And yeah, again, although it 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 doesn't feel like something lesser. The language is difficult to claim around this, but. Um, Although it wasn't what I thought it might be going to happen as a common narrative of being pregnant can be, especially when when one gets beyond six months. Yeah, suffice to to say that it it poetically moved into what it needed to be, and and it. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. Just because it wasn't what I was fantasizing about and dreaming about doesn't, doesn't make it wrong. Just because it wasn't what the conventional trajectory is presumed to be, it doesn't make it any wrong or any less right for me. And again, this is, again, again, this is why I've been creating this series because there really was nowhere else I could speak about this at this length and make sense of it and make my truth of it visible to me, make it witnessed even by myself, hear my own voice moving through thoughts and expressing them, putting them out in the world. Um, you know, having them be part of reality. Um, it, a lot about my experience made me revisit also when I'd had a termination of pregnancy when I was young, in my 20s. And how excruciating it was to be going through that at the time even though I had a partner that I lived with but going through it really against my will and not wanting to make the choice of a termination of pregnancy but going through it and having absolutely no support even though technically there was a a protocol of counselling and care um, I don't remember being properly offered it. I remember being in a daze after the operation and maybe going for a checkup or something, but then being so fucked by it, essentially, that it just wasn't even an option to sit down and talk with a stranger about it. How could I do that? I was just completely beside myself and unable to make sense of it. it. It just seemed like I was being dragged along a conveyor belt a very terrifying ride on a conveyor belt completely against my will but there didn't seem like there were any other options so the idea of even trying to talk about that would have been too painful to to talk about and um i remember there was a, a room where we, we were we were recuperating in and there were a couple of other women, you know, in various states of coming out of their back down to earth after their anaesthetic wore off. And that was the, like, the few minutes of sitting and having a kappa and a biscuit with some other women who, you know, were from a completely different culture. They were all Londoners, and I was from the north, uh, yeah, from Scotland, and from an island and from a rural culture in an Indigenous natural setting. But that was the the best therapy that just barely anchored me. Those few minutes of just hearing other women just saying what they felt about it. You know, if I'd been able to sit for longer with them, that would have been an incredible experience. But again, um, you know, the lack of female support around me here, the fact that I didn't talk to my... Uh, mother-in-law, in inverted commas, the mother of my partner, who I am very close to, his mum. We've just been away on a trip with her, bless. And we are close, but I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to speak to her about it because I know that she has a such a different world view that it just would be, again, excruciating, trying to speak. But even even with people that I've been very close to before, too, I find it just well it's it's not even that it's it's difficult to speak to folk about it it's that the folk aren't making the space because they're immediately filling the space with oh my god this is awful for you I that's so hard for you and I know how much you wanted to have a child and well it's such a lot for you to digest and like, none of it is saying, do you want Do you want me to talk with you or do you want me to hold space for you? None of it's saying, how are you actually feeling? You know, I've had to force that space, you know, force the space of actually, really, it's not negative. You know, it really is not negative. Um, Almost, you know, having to get up and, like, labour at that you know have to stand up and fight for the right to not be grieving you know the right to not have that thrown in my direction and again that you know that's just a a symbol of my vulnerability and my history my feeling that I have to really strain to express myself but Again, I've not even got, even in this podcast, I've not even got to the part about talking about what it is to be a mother that is such a joyful, beautiful new phase of my life. Um, Because part of what I'm expressing is still held back by. My nervousness about stepping fully into who I really am That is a whole woman a whole woman including mother, including daughter, including grandmother, including auntie and sister friend, lover Shaman witch healer artist i feel like the the term mother is just this such a such a queen like word such a royal regal timeless word and yet it's it has been twisted and commodified turned into this thing that has all this presumption and expectation on it and I I don't want to talk to the latter (laughs) I want to talk to the former so you know maybe I don't really need to say anything about it maybe I can just feel it and be it myself and know it to be true but I know that something that was taken from me as a child that that, or that wasn't available to me as a child, which was mothering for the greater part, you know I had these toxic elements that were presented in the place of what should have been mothering. I feel that there's been a, a very beautiful closing of the circle with that and you know, part of it is replacing the mother that I didn't have, but part of it is being the mother that I never had, and just reminds me again of of the cyclical and internal um, quality of healing, of how all healing really has to come back into to us, to what was distorted when we were born what was distorted even before we were born in the coupling of our mum and our dad about the medicalization of our birth and what was stolen from us through our traumatisation in birth and so on. But the knowing of myself also as a mother, that that's a really uh oh, it's just such a glorious, simple, holistic Integrated, integral thing, quality, um, gift, treasure. Like I equate it with sovereignty and with royalty and the the quality of queen, queendom. That I've been speaking to in my work for a long time, and I've always felt it as this sort of abstract thing, or this thing that involves codes and secrets and. Um, very specific, complicated, codified actions to achieve, attain, achieve, uh, attain, achieve um, strive for. But of course, that's all the masculine conditioning, and the the reality of being mother is so simple. You know, we are mother. We have ovaries that contain eggs, and we are the mother to those eggs. There's nothing more simple than that. And this idea, I think there is, like, it's part of reclaiming our female power is putting the mother on a pedestal. But because of the way we're conditioned into believing that the child sort of springs magically into the world, that the child only starts existing in that day of its birth, its birthday, and in crossing that barrier. But of course... The mystical spirit is there before, at least for nine or ten months before that moment, before that moment of birth. And it's much more complicated than that, in beautifully complicated, beautifully, deeply complex and symbiotic, that the child doesn't exist as an entity separate from us before, But equally, we are mother from the beginning. We're a mother from before we conceive. And I think that's something that I think we're very specifically separated, you know, into mothers and not mothers. And there are very specific limitations and stigmas on both. That are just all part of messing up women's relationships with what they really are and losing their magic. You know, and keeping the magic from each other, you know, and instead of giving each other space to be fully sovereign, we're we're like throwing labels like grief and loss and trauma onto each other instead of just giving each other space to, to fully express and be what we are. yeah a lot of my feeling around wanting to be a mother was this this feeling of it's not there you know it it's something i have to fight for something i have to find complex solutions to health problems or to partnership problems or to timeline interventions and um things that seem impossible without money or impossible without certain tools in my life that I can't ever get there or some secret, some information that is eluding me. Um, But the act, the, I don't know how to, like the change, the transition, the transforming into mother is like this gestation that has drawn me into mothering myself into mothering myself but into being a mother like uh, such a a metaphor for everything about sovereignty and spirituality that we we are that it is inalienable to us that we are sovereign, our sovereignty is inalienable and it's it doesn't matter how much we've been convinced otherwise or how elaborate the bindings, the bondage is to pain, separation, confusion or labelling or being locked out of things as I felt I was. Um, i we simply are mother and there is nothing that anyone can say to negate that or get in between me and it but there was before you know i gave away my mother my identity as mother and as and my power is mother as well my power my vision my sentience my ability to care for things around me my ability to channel mystical energy um, down and up and all around me my ability to stand as sacred woman in the world in her true identity in her sovereignty in my queendom as an inalienable part of an inseparable part of a whole which is Gaia Sophia and which is ultimately the cosmos yeah It's a strange thing to live in a world where the language is all about the separation and all about the the poverty of spirit and the poverty of mother, perhaps the poverty of the sacred feminine and all the wrongs, the focus being on all the wrongs that have been done against her. And yet here we are in every single moment. We are inalienably she that knows, we are inalienably sovereign. And we are inalienably God as womb. Dia Sophia as womb. Living womb. Living, moving, thinking, feeling womb. Um, so being a mother now, it it feels like a secret because of course I can't go around telling people that I'm a mother because they'll want proof, you know? They'll want proof of show us, a, show us your baby. <laughs> And um, and then of course I can't tell them because they'll want to know about my sadness. They'll want to know about my grief. They'll want to know that I'm going to try again or that I'm going to find a partner or I'm going to fix things up with my partner now ex partner the father of the child before. But just completely pathologizing something that in fact is perfectly aligned with all things, that is perfectly right within the context of the lineage that I'm living and that is living through me and that is perfectly in symbiosis with all things, with the cosmos even, with Gaia Sophia and with the elements and the seasons. Um, Yes, it takes me reflecting and speaking at length like this to really bring me back to the truth of this and to authenticate for myself, um, to witness for myself and therefore fully be present in myself. This beautiful, simple, sovereign treasure of being mother. Um, Yeah, like many aspects of the sacred feminine, the truth of mother can only be witnessed when everybody is ready to witness it. And at this point, there's very few folk who can really witness the feminine. Perhaps someone who's listened through this series might be one of those folk maybe the series might just tease the edges of things just a a little more maybe it won't maybe it will just shut people down because it's opening the portal too quickly or <clears throat> or too openly i don't know i have to just go with what my deep instinct and intuition and vision and spontaneous expression is and that is to share this with you and with anyone who is open to to knowing these secrets, knowing this sacred truth and knowing that I am mother, which in the context of what I'm sharing feels like. Yeah, feels like something wants to be communicated to the effect of I am the great mother that we are. That's the thing that connects us. It's like the truth that connects us that we are mothers as well as being women. We're not separate. You know, we shouldn't be separated into tribes of haves and have-nots and of, you know, the virgin and the whore, the mother of God and then all the pauper women (laughs) who are not sacred You know, the the truth of my being mother makes us all mother and the truth of me standing fully in my motherhood is just standing fully in my power, my power to create, co-create, my power to release as well and to create destructively because nothing is lost, nothing is thrown away, nothing is wasted. Everything is reabsorbed into the body of Mother Earth. Everything is reabsorbed into the elements, into the soil, into the precipitation cycles, into nature and returns to us as our nature. The riches that we're given go into the world, come back to us as fruit and flowers. There is only that magic. Everything else is a distraction from the fact that that magic is constantly running through everything, and in particular is running through our bodies, our rooms, our sexuality, our sensuality, our sentience, our senses. Our breath, our pleasure, our domestic alchemy, our interrelationship with all things, our planting of seeds, our releasing of blood, our hearts beating, our blood pulsing, our muscles stretching and pulling back. Everything is perfectly as it should be, and everything is becoming more perfectly how it should be. Always. If you'd like to follow my work, do come and find me on Patreon. I'm Claire Gaia Sophia. Find me on the Hive hive.blog. Blog. Lots of ways to get into the Hive, including peaked P E A. KD and ECNCY. Um, you find me there as Claire Artista. I'm even on the Instagram as Claire Gaia But find my website, clairegaia.com, and yeah, connect with me there. I really appreciate support, I really appreciate tips gift. I live in gift. All my work is gifted to the world from a very deep place and from everything that I have. I gift all that I make to the world from the deepest of intention and vision and the deepest of the truth that I can possibly express and embody. And um, being reciprocally supported via Patreon in particular although it's not an ideal platform it certainly provides a very very helpful to me to survive and subsist um, and thrive in the world An income every month that's a really really helpful tool Um, but if you'd like to support me in any other way you can see on my website Claire Galloway uh, sorry com. And um, Galloway is my old surname that I, I used to identify with, with my family. But I I now identify as Claire Gaia Sophia, which is a very important change in my name. Again, very much relating to what I'm going through in this speaking to in this, this podcast in particular. So onwards and upwards and outwards all love to you all. Merit gained, radiating outwards to all beings. May the sacred feminine rise, may it be supported by all of us to rise in its right time. For the benefit of all beings, for the benefit of the cosmos. Love, love, love.